Welcome to Keeping It Israel, brought to you by First Century Foundation. This weekly podcast explores how your Christian faith connects to Israel and why standing with Israel matters. Now here's your host, Executive Director of First Century Foundations, Jeff Feuders. Well, welcome to the Keeping It Israel podcast today. My name is Jeff and uh, I'm your host. And we have a very interesting guest with us today. Uh, Jim Woodard is the pastor of Crossroads Church in Belchase, Louisiana. And uh, Jim's going to be talking to us today about ancient Paleo Hebrew. We'll explain to you what that is. I had to ask myself just a minute ago. But uh, Jim, welcome to the show. It's great to have you with us. Thank you, Jeff. Pleasure to be here. Well, Jim, uh, before we get deep into our our subject today, uh, tell us a little bit first about your background uh, in in ministry and life. Well, the history is my mother carried me into a church when I was 14 days old, and so I've known little but that since then, and and uh, uh, I've just had a, a wonderful journey with the Lord. I've had my ups and downs just like everyone else. I was in the oil and gas industry for about 30 years, and and in midlife, I began to, to ask the Lord what he wanted me to do with my life, uh, what he wanted me to accomplish here. And, and after a two-year journey, we discovered that uh, he was going to give us the opportunity to plant a church. And we did that 20 years ago, the crossroads. And uh, then in the course of all of that, about seven years ago, I discovered uh, ancient or Paleo-Hebrew. And it was, uh, by the way, Jeff, it was really it was really. I guess what most people would say a fluke, I love the ironic blessing. I had a pastor uh, previously that taught me the value of that, and so I use that at the end of every one of our services. And, and about seven years ago in January, I stood up. I actually had my hands in the air. I was about to pronounce the blessing, and I said, oh, by the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn this in Hebrew for you guys this year. And I had no idea what I was saying because I didn't even know how many letters were in the alphabet at that time. And subsequently, as I began to, to start to uh, try to find a way to to learn just that blessing, I discovered that this language is so much more than uh, than I'd ever known. And I've been on an incredible journey since then, not just pastoring the church, but but learning so much more about about God's word. Oh, that's fantastic. So so let's dive into uh, into this uh, paleo Hebrew. Um, you know, I'm familiar with modern Hebrew. And when I say familiar, I, you know, I've heard it spoken. I do not speak it. We have, we have modern Hebrew. Then we, we have the texts that we study from the ancient scripts. Right. But paleo uh, is something that uh, I'm just learning about from watching a few of your videos recently. But, but it's something that, that even predates uh, the text that we find in things like the Dead Sea Scrolls and, and so on, correct? Absolutely. Those Dead Sea Scrolls are, are in a script type uh, alphabet. The same letters, but they're just simply drawn differently in, in a more modern type of, uh, of, of uh, expression. Paleo actually means ancient. And so you might you might hear uh, this type of Hebrew referred to as ancient Hebrew or Paleo Hebrew. It's the same type of thing. Now, that encompasses quite a story uh, as you begin to look at it. And uh, the interesting thing is that modern archaeology really is only about 150 years old. You know, prior to that, people didn't have the intensity about archaeological finds that they have today. And so what's happening in our lifetime is, and especially right now, 
archaeological finds are being made just almost on a daily basis. You're, you're familiar with the excavation of the city of David. We, we were over there a couple of years ago and, yes. and got to go down inside of that. And they're finding all kinds of artifacts that have Paleo-Hebrew, ancient Hebrew pictographs uh, used as the language, the time of David, the time of the kings, uh, the time of the judges. You know, uh, Hezekiah wrote in, in Paleo-Hebrew, and uh, quite frankly, I believe Moses did. And I think it even goes back just a little bit further than that when you start to look at the whole story. All right. Well, let's dive into it and give us a little bit of, uh, of background of sort of where this comes from, because um, this this pictorial kind of, of language, I mean, I've been to uh, the Israel Museum. I've seen the, the pieces from from, you know, pre uh, even pre Israel. And so uh, talk to us, where does this this pictorial kind of language come from and how does it make its way into, uh, you know, into the Hebrew culture? Well, the story is really exciting, and, and it's, it's developing before our eyes, quite frankly. But it certainly appears through, uh, through some very talented e Egyptologists and, and archaeologists that, uh, that this language began, the alphabet itself began when Israel was in Egypt. Uh, during their cap during, during their sojourn down there, and uh, it appears as though uh, Joseph may have been the originator, or his sons may have had a big part in this. And now they're making archaeological discoveries uh, around the Levant and and outside of the area of Goshen, where they would where they would go on on journeys or on on. Uh, trips and things like that, they're finding these pictographic inscriptions along with the hieroglyphics of, uh, of the Egyptians. Now, the Egyptians used this hieroglyphic system to write. We've all seen those pictures of birds and snakes and all those kinds of things. And there were well over a thousand of those different uh, symbols that you had to learn to be able to communicate with that. Therefore, it took someone that was learned, a, a scribe that had was educated to be able to communicate those things. However, it appears that in the midst of that, and it was probably, it, it appears, because Israel was was moved into that setting uh, through, the, through their coming down from Israel, Joseph being there to receive them, and setting them up over there in, in the um, uh, in the Goshen area, it seems as though somewhere they discovered this this idea, this incredible idea, that they could uh, reduce this ability to communicate through writing down to t about 22 different pictures. Now, many people would, would hmm. find this really hard to believe, but you know, when you and I text each other, we may use emoji, we may do exactly the same thing. Uh, I was reading one day uh, about a study that's, that made the statement that the human brain is um, uh, absorbs a picture 60,000 times faster than text. So God knew this. And, wow. uh, yeah, isn't that incredible? And so that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so the whole but the whole secret to this is that uh, you have to understand the context in which this alphabet was used, this pictographic alphabet was used. And the context was, first of all, it was ancient. Secondly, it was nomadic. This was a nomadic people. They, they didn't live in big cities and things. Uh, thirdly, they were agrarian. They had to raise their own food. They had to kill their animals. They, they had to do these things in life, and they were Semitic. Now, if you put that combination together and we 
try in our modern uh, technolo technological setting, we try to interpret what these pictographs means, it becomes difficult. But if we can find ourselves thinking like, like Moses would have, as he sat in the door of his tent, looking at animals running out across, you know, and thinking about the daily things of life that they did, then all of a sudden we begin to get some insight into uh, what they were communicating about what the heart of God was having them communicate through these uh, through these um, pictures that they were using, and it absolutely becomes fascinating. You know, I, I know you've been to Israel many times, and most of us, when we go the first time, somebody is good enough to say, "Listen, if you're here for the first time, up until today, you've read your Bible in black and white, but after you leave and go back home, you'll forever read it in Technicolor." And of course, that was our experience mm -hmm. on our first trip over there. But I've discovered now that that uh, that I know a little bit about paleo Hebrew these pictographs that I can also read the Bible in um, uh, in 3d there's a depth to it that it's never had before because I think we can begin to see through the lens of the writers what what the original writer was was trying to communicate with those that were either reading it or, or hearing it and so it's really fascinating Wow that is very very intriguing and uh, I share your experience, of course. Um, <laughs> you know, my, my first trip to Israel, I didn't really have super high expectations. And the people who are listening, if you've if you've heard some of our other podcasts, you'll know a bit of that story. But but absolutely, uh, the Bible has come alive in a way that I never imagined possible. It's amazing. And so this intrigues me. Uh, what you're talking about is is very fascinating. And uh, let's let's get into it. What give us an example of maybe a word, uh, something that that you're um, that you're referring to that will help people understand exactly what you mean. Okay, let's do that. I I have I brought my my red knot PowerPoint board here with me. You know, this is this is the way we do things in the South. Real Perfect. simple. And uh, so let's talk about the if you had a Strong's concordance, the very first word you would run into is the word av, and it's the word father in Hebrew. Uh, you might have heard it used in its uh, in the term Abba. You know, it's, that's a little more personal, but it's the root word of av, and it's two letters. Now, if we look in in Paleo Hebrew, the Aleph. The first letter is the picture of the head of an ox. Now, one of the interesting things you find as you begin to delve into this, you'll find charts and graphs and things where they'll show different pictures of this ox head. And uh, that's because over time, with the difference of writing mediums, writing utensils, maybe even different, uh, different uh, people thoughts, then these uh, little pictographs would change a little bit. Still has the same meaning. It's an aleph, and uh, it stands for the head of an ox. Now, if you lived in that cultural setting, once again, remember, context, context, context. If you lived in that cultural setting, your ox was the strongest thing you had. And so if you had a big job, you had something heavy that needed to be moved, you needed to plow the ground, where did you go? You went to the ox. So that picture in your mind, in, in, in your understanding, would be for strength. It would be for, the, you know, the leader. Uh, you know, anytime you wanted to train an oxen, what did you do? You yoked him to another one. Jesus talks about that. And so this idea of strength or leader. The second letter, we'll go the right direction, is a bet. And the bet is the, the picture of the floor plan of a tent, if you were looking down on it. And so one of the things we have to understand in context about the bet is that it was the center of cultural activity. 
activity. There weren't gymnasiums, courthouses, anything like that. The home, the house, the tent is where all of life took place. That's where you learned all of the principles and all of the character traits of life. And so when you thought about the bet, you thought about those things. You thought about this is where uh, I learn how to live. This is how I learn how to interact with people. So what happens when we put the two letters together? We have the strength of the house. Well, who is the strength of the house? It's the father. It's Av. And so embedded in these words, if you can see them in their cultural context, there, there's, it's not a different definition. It simply is a, a, a functional meaning. It, it gives you, in cultural context, a lot more functional understanding of what that word was talking about. And uh, so, by the way, these are the first two letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And just embedded in that idea, there are so many things you can learn in so many different places you can go. Now, one more thing hmm. about this word, the word father. Uh, if we'll simply take another letter, uh, the letter hey, and the letter hey, as you see right here in the middle, is the picture of a little man with his hands up in the air. Uh, we might call that the, the you know the touchdown uh, uh, sign that we see a referee make. But basically, what is it? If you see somebody on the side of the road holding their hands up or out in a field, what are they doing? They want your attention. They want to show you something. They want to reveal something to you. So this is called an infix because it goes in the middle of a word. It's not on, on the front or the back. And so this hey turns the word father, av, into ahav, and it's the word love. Now, we've all talked about love. I, so many times I'll ask a, a group of people, give me a definition of love. And if you've got 100 people, you've got 100 definitions. In the West, we think in abstract terms. Yeah. Uh, they didn't do that then. Uh, this meant something. And so if we'll simply go to, to one of the favorite scriptures of, of the uh, Hebrew people, the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Well, let's read it this way. Let's use our new definition and that is reveal the Father. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you shall reveal the Father with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. Well, it's not only in the Old Testament wow. that you find that. Look at the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that famous love chapter, right? I mean, we go to the very chapter that talks about love. And what did Paul say? Well, with our definition from the pictographs, he said, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I don't reveal the Father, I'm just noise. What an incredible thought. You know, and these little pictographs show us the, yeah, the depth of, of how those words can have, uh, you know, just, just such beautiful under, undertones and, and how they can show us really the heart of God. I, I think that's what this is all about. And, uh, you know, paleo does not come without its distractors, it, you know, those people that would criticize and, and they would study uh, language systems from the ancient times. And uh, I've discovered that, um, that I, you know, I, I honor all of those people that have spent a lot of time studying languages. But I have found, for me, mm -hmm. it appears that uh, ancient Hebrew was the, uh, the uh, simplest yet most sophisticated language system of all times because it just it just does things to you you know it just shows you the word of god in ways that you've never seen it before wow wow well this is this is truly fascinating and uh i i even just what you shared with us about the strength of the house and revealing the father man that'll that that'll stick i mean uh, that will stick and that will preach by the way i'll well, uh, i'll make sure oh, that doesn't I, it though uh, you know that i can yeah. And by the way, think about this. Uh, that definition of love, that understanding of love works in any relationship. 
Uh, if if I'm mm. in a relationship with my wife, I need to reveal the father to her, the character of God as a husband, as a mate. Uh, if I have a friend that I meet to, you know, to play golf with, I need to reveal the father to him in the character that I have in my relationship with him. It doesn't matter what relationship we're in in life. That particular understanding of love wow. fits because God has given us his character to pass on in every one of those relationships. It's just amazing. It's amazing. No, no pressure, right? No pressure <laughs> no, at all. No, no pressure at all. <laughs> Just show the father to everybody. That really ups that really ups ups the ante in your relationships. If you're listening today or watching today, that's uh, I'll have to give that one some thought as well. Yeah, well, I, you know, actually, I think it really makes it a lot easier, Jeff, because uh, I, because I don't have to put on a facade with anybody. You know, if I love God, okay. if I if I love God, then I'm receiving His character traits, and by the way, uh, I'm I'm trying to show them back to Him. He loves me, I love Him. What does that mean? That we're both trying to show each other the traits of our heavenly Father, and if and if we learn to do that, if we if we read the Word, if we practice fellowship uh, with the brethren, and and we do the things that we're called to do, then that starts to, should become a natural process, and once that becomes a natural process in the family of God, then it should start to become a natural process in the world where we interface with people. So, mm. I, I mean, God's got a plan. Let me tell you, he's got a great plan. We just need to follow his plan and not ours. Yeah. Great perspective. Um, let's look at a specific word. Uh, what you're showing us here is is we can get a much deeper understanding and um, maybe you have a couple more examples. Okay. I, let me show you one of my favorites. Uh, uh, when the uh, ancient was sitting in the door of his tent, he was watching things that went on in life and he would learn life lessons based on the natural. And so what he, what he would then do is he would turn those things into word pictures as he tried to explain his thoughts. A really great word to understand this is the word dog. You know, we're familiar with dog. Uh, when we go to school, we yeah. learn our letters, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And we learn that D and O and G is pronounced dog. Now, we've got to know what a dog, somebody's got to show us a dog so that we'll be able to put those things together. And just because we look right. at the word, it doesn't tell us anything about the character of the little animal that we're talking about. The word dog in Hebrew is kalev. Kalev, as a matter of fact, you, you might uh, recognize it a little bit better by the word Caleb. Uh, that was Joshua's friend, and his name was Caleb. Right. It's spelled the same way. Well, let's look at that. There's a, there's a root word, and it's the lamed and the bet. We've already looked at the bet. That's the picture of a tent or a house. And the lamed is a, is a shepherd's crook. It's upside down, which indicates that it's working. It's taking control or authority. And that, by the way, okay. is the word heart, lev in Hebrew. And what is the heart? Well, if you'll read what the writers of the Bible talk about, the heart is what controls the house. You know, David talks so much about his heart. He says, I've, your word have I hidden in my heart so that I won't sin against you. He didn't say I memorized all your verses so I wouldn't sin. He says, I put it in my heart. So they had some kind of understanding that something was taking place here in the heart region. As a matter of fact, we've all experienced this idea of grief. Where does grief happen? It happens right here. You know, you get this, this heavy feeling that hits you, you know. And so the heart's a very important concept. So we take that root word, the heart, and we want to know what the character of a dog is. We add the, the letter cough to it. The cough is an open palm. 
And it's a very interesting letter in the Hebrew language because it speaks, uh, it's, it's actually the word all. You can use it for the word all. Uh, it's, it's the word that says, I'm going to give you access. In the word bless, uh, it's simply, I'm going to give you access to me. That's, that's what God does when he blesses us. We've all done this when someone came to our front door. We said, well, come in. No one had to teach us, you know, to sweep our hand back to, to give them an invitation. So when we look at the word dog and we want to, and we want to know, well, what's the dog's character? Well, quite frankly, in Hebrew, it tells us the dog's character is all heart. If you've ever had a dog for a pet, you know that. They're all in. They're, they're all heart. They just they want to be mm. your best friend, right? And so every Hebrew word has these kind of connotations embedded in them based on these pictographs. It's just, it's really, it's just enthralling when you begin to, to start to dig into it. Okay, that's amazing. Now, I want to make sure I got this right. Leave the picture up for just a sec. Oh, okay. you, said, you, said, uh, you said the first one is access. This is cough. The second one is the access. And then this is the word and then the heart. And the second is lev. The all, word heart. Yeah, all heart. But but you also said that 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 uh, individual letter, the shepherd's crook, indicates control. Okay. Yeah. Well. So what is the heart? No, so just yeah. Let me let me let me go let me go with this for a minute. I'm yeah. I'm being a little bit silly. Okay. But yeah. but uh, you said you said access control. And then the the tent picture or the the house, mm -hmm. um, could it also be argued that the dog, uh, the dog access has access to the control of the house? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's because, a side business. because 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 I've 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 had dogs and uh, they seem to rule uh, the roost a little bit. But uh, yeah, anyhow, we, like we I said, I'm right just now. being silly. Yeah, I don't think yeah, I, yeah. I don't. You know, you're absolutely right. You know, we too have the same thing. I think I probably failed to mention the lev, the heart is what controls our house. So this is the mm. house of God. Paul says, don't you know, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so our heart, according to biblical understanding, is what controls our house. And so, uh, you know, it's all just imbe embedded yeah. in every one of these words. Yes, and and our dogs all know that they have they have right. our heart. So that's right. Uh, that's good. That's really good. Isn't it cool though, the way it uh, shows the that's, character? It is. It's amazing. It's and, absolutely amazing. Now, by the way, when Adam named all of the animals, he didn't just pick names out of the air. If you'll go back and and look at all of the animals through their pictographic uh, description, you'll find that uh, that uh, he uh, he named them based on their character. He knew their character. Interesting. Wow. You know what? We could, we could, uh, we could probably go on and, and chat about this for a long time today. Uh, you have a, you have a wealth of information and uh, we appreciate so much you uh, sharing it with us. And I, I suspect, I suspect that uh, maybe we can have some future opportunities to, uh, to dive into some more of this maybe in, uh, in the future. I'd love but, to. Um, you know, before we, before we, uh, you know, part ways here, uh, if we were in, in Jerusalem, I would say Shalom. Right. Um, talk to me a little bit about Shalom before we before we uh, part ways here this morning. Well, so true. We would say Shalom when we greet or Shalom when we part. And uh, and what would we mean? You know, I, I wish you well. I hope all is well with you. I'm not exactly sure that was the intent, original intent of the word. 
especially when you turn it into into paleopictographs. The word uh, shalom is peace, as we know it. We would say in English, peace. Yes. And, uh, and it's an interesting thought and a concept. And uh, Jesus, you might remember in, in John 3, 8, Jesus told his disciples, he says, um, guys, I'm, I'm going to leave you. But he says, I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to leave peace with you. And then he goes on to say something very unique. He says, not the world's peace, but my peace I'm going to leave with you. Well, if you're, if you're paying any attention at all, you just discovered that there's at least two kinds of peace that's available to us, the world's mm. peace and the peace of God. And so what is the world's peace? Well, my definition of the world's peace is, is the, the uh, minimal amount of chaos that we can all agree to live with. You know, that's where we're going to find peace. And it never lasts. But let's look at the word. It's four letters, and it starts with a shin. And the shin looks like a W, but it's also the picture of two front teeth. And think about this once again in the cultural context. Two front okay. teeth. Uh, you see an, one animal catch another animal for dinner, and what does it do? It takes those two front teeth and it begins to to rip to tear to destroy to separate so that it can so that it can uh, eat that food so the shin stands for that it stands uh, uh, tear rip separate it also stands for the number two you can you can say the number two with that the lamed we've already looked at okay. that's the shepherd's crook that shows authority the vav we have looked at that that's the nail that attaches and the mem we have looked at that's the waves of water that stand for chaos so if we if we'll take this word picture of peace what does it tell us it says destroy the authority that establishes the chaos destroy the authority that establishes the chaos. That's the peace of Jesus. Hmm. What, did, what did John tell us back there in one of his little letters? He says, for this reason Jesus came, to destroy the works of the devil. What's the work of the devil? It's chaos. And so peace for us, if we're looking for biblical peace, yeah. we're looking for a peace where we don't have chaos in our lives. And I, you know, as a pastor, I'm sure you're familiar with this. There's so many times we deal with people that come to us and, and they've just got chaos. They've got drama. And, and so we have to yeah. look for, for, the, uh, for the reason that that's happening, the source of that drama. And the source of that drama, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, right? So the source of that drama is always the mm. evil one. And what do we do? We find out how Jesus wants to destroy his authority and, and, and forbid him from attaching that to us. That is shalom. Wow. Well, I think that's a great thought to uh, to end on. Um, destroy the authority that establishes chaos. I'm, I'm going to do my best to remember that. That's good stuff. Um, Jim, if people want to know more about this, if they're intrigued by this and, and want to hear more of your teaching, uh, tell them where they can find some of that. Our website is HebrewWordPicks.com. Uh, it's very simple. One okay. word, he, HebrewWordPicks.com. And uh, if you go there, uh, uh, as I mentioned, I've written uh, two or three books, and you have access to them there. My uh, partner, Marla Jean Kleinsmith, has done the art. You can see that behind me, uh, these beautiful pictures. Mm. She, she listens to the teaching. And then you're speaking of word pictures. You know, she gets these beautiful pictures in her mind and uh, creates these, these beautiful pieces of art. Uh, you see the one uh, over this shoulder. That's Pesach. That's the Passover. And you can see where the door has the blood on the lentils and on the doorpost. 
it's just beautiful. And then uh, they, the, late, the yeah. girls have also uh, created a line of jewelry. We have all these things basically as resources so that people can learn more about what we're talking about and use them as witnessing tools, use them as, as, uh, as tools to learn about the love of God and to share the love of God. That's the reason we're here. That's the whole reason we're here. And so HebrewWordPicks.com. And on that website, they'll also have access to your teaching videos and uh, and so on. Right, right. I've got a YouTube channel, but we connect that to the website. And so if you want to go study a certain word, you can look at the artwork. You can maybe have a little article that I've written about it. And then in, in many cases, there'll be a video there. And by the way, if someone would like to go to that website, there's a place that you can sign up for our newsletter. Give us your email. And uh, uh, our webmaster, Trent, Marla Jean's uh, husband, has created this chart of all of these letters, these pictographs that we're talking about. And you can download that and uh, you'll have it there to look at. Perfect. And you'll be able to see all the things we've been talking about today. Well, if you're watching, if you're listening, I want to encourage you to go to uh, to Jim's website, find out all you can about this, HebrewWordPicks.com. And uh, Jim, it's been so great to have well, you, you on the show today. And uh, I hope that we get a chance to connect maybe in person someday. And I've never been to New Orleans. I'd love to come there. But uh who knows, maybe even in Jerusalem. Well, yeah, either one of those places, preferably Jerusalem, but, but New Orleans will do as a backstop yeah. right now. And if you've never been here, well, you need to come and be hungry when you get here, let me tell you. All right, well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'll have no problem with that, <laughs> but uh, uh, it's great. God bless you, Jim, and um, we hope to see you again soon. Thank you. It's been a real joy being with you today, Jeff. God bless you. Well, thank you for tuning in to the podcast today. I really hope that you enjoyed uh, my conversation with Jim Woodard and found it as intriguing as I did. The, the point here is not that we're trying to change the meaning of the words, but uh, just gain a little bit more insight and maybe the better word is perspective. You know, I think of it like a camera moving moving around an object and you get a different angle, a different perspective, a different view of uh, looking at the very same thing. And, and I think that's really what this has been all about. And it's a great way to explain it. Thanks so much for tuning in today. And First Century Foundations, we want to remind you, is a ministry that exists to support the land and the people of Israel and to educate Christians about the Jewish roots of our faith. We're a charity that relies on your generous donations. And we're so grateful for those. If you like this podcast, if you like Keeping It Israel, then please consider giving. You can go to our website, firstcenturyfoundations.com, to learn about the many humanitarian projects that we support in Israel and to find out how you can be a part of the critical work that we are doing there. Thank you so much for your generosity and giving. It's making a huge difference in the lives of many people in Israel today. And please don't forget to hit the subscribe button on the First Century Foundation's YouTube channel if you're watching there. If you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, then subscribe to our podcast so that you can get regular updates when we post new material. And if you could share a review, that would just be so amazing and we'd appreciate that so much. Please like us on Facebook and I believe that would be at FCF Jeff or you could just search First Century Foundations and it will come up 
and we just love for you to stay connected and engaged with us in that way. The land and the people of Israel have a special place in God's heart and a critical role in the history of the world. And so today, now more than ever, we want to remind you that as Christians, we stand with Israel. Thank you.